as I'm recording here, I'm looking out a window where I live in central Pennsylvania. The trees, the leaves are turning and they're falling. Around here, that means autumn. It's that time of year. How's it going in your neck of the woods? Hopefully a lot of stories to be told there. All right, remember that keyword, stories. Welcome or welcome back to the Your Booking Report podcast. If you're a newbie, awesome. We're glad to have you. My name is Scott Giese. I have been a representative for Justin's Yearbooks now in my 23rd year, and I've been involved with journalism since I was a senior in high school, and humbly, that goes back four decades. I've been fortunate enough to kind of make the rounds. I've done print, I've done radio, done television. Now here I am podcasting and doing videos and all this other neat new whiz-bang stuff. It's fun to do, and I do it because it's all about the stories. And hopefully already here in this school year, you and your group are gathering a whole bunch of them because it's true, this is a -a one-of-a-kind year. Now, of course, we can look back at last year. Oh, boy, was that a -a one-of-a-kind year? Uh, Yeah, so is this one. So will the next one. When you think about it, every year is a -a one-of-a-kind year. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't need a vaccine. We're still waiting for the medicine, whenever that's supposed to show up. All that stuff. Yeah, that's one of a kind, but every year is a one of a kind year. So is your yearbook telling the stories of this school year? Now, you might immediately say, well, of course we are. Yes, we're covering football and homecoming and, you know, basketball and wrestling and this winter dance. And in other words, all the stuff you normally cover. Okay, that's perfectly fine. Those events, that's great. But what are the students thinking and feeling? It's been my observation, a lot of yearbooks, maybe most yearbooks, really don't do any kind of coverage about what students are thinking and feeling in this unique school year. Things that uniquely happened this year. Feelings about things that are happening around them. It could be local news, state, national news, international news, climate change. There's the number one international news story. What are students thinking and feeling about that, that we could then put that coverage in the yearbook, and especially then decades from now, when we pull that book off the shelf, we want to remember 2021-22, there are the stories. There are the thinkings and feelings of students in that unique school year. What about that? Well, that's our topic here for this episode, and for that, we went to somebody who absolutely is one of the best in doing this in the whole country, and that's our friend Mitch Eden. Mitch is the yearbook advisor at Kirkwood High School, which is in suburban St. Louis, Missouri. Mitch has been at this actually a shade longer than I have, about 25 or so years, and his uh, pioneer yearbook is just outstanding year after year after year. If you check out our accompanying video feature on YouTube called The Yearbooking Report, we have some clips with Mitch talking about what we're going to talk about today, and we include some shots of some of the pages of his recent yearbooks, and you can see immediately we're talking about telling stories about students. What are they thinking and feeling about all kinds of things, hard news, soft news, features, all that stuff. His yearbook is a fantastic read, not just kind of thumb through it for a few minutes and you're done. That's what we're kind of aiming at with this episode today. So we hope that you listen in, maybe grab a pad and pen because you're going to be doing some note-taking here. Mitch shares some great ideas and insights on why it's so important to cover the people of your school, again, not the usual stuff, and to cover news from the prospects or the the uh, insights of your school. Again, what are students thinking and feeling about this or about this or about that? And yes, sometimes they might be controversial subjects, but hey, they're important to students. And if they're important to students, then it's something that really deserves to be in the yearbook. We've got some good listening here. Hope you get some good stuff out of this. And first off, let's meet Mitch. Well, first off, Mitch, I appreciate you coming back. I figured maybe I scared you away two and a half years ago, but apparently that didn't happen. But thank you for coming back to being on the yearbooking report today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I love talking yearbook and nerding it out uh, on any subject. Now, folks, I tell you what, if you don't know this guy's name, he is one of the top yearbook advisors in the country. And he's giving me a funny look now via Zoom, all right, that he is... (laughs) And uh, if you check out our video feature, which we do on YouTube called the Yearbooking Report, where we sort of have like 
the, the highlights of the interview and stuff like that. Mitch, I'm, I'm sure I have this somewhere. I have to dig for it from when you and I talked, I think it was about two and a half years ago. Uh, you were kind enough back then. You sent me some pictures that we used with the video. And you sent me, as I recall, a brief video clip of somebody touring your journalism, I'll call it facility, at <laughs> your school. Most people have a classroom. You have a facility. Now you're giggling. Tell me, describe this, because when I saw this, my jaw dropped like, that's at a high school? Holy smokes. Yeah, describe, we, we, describe what you have there. We, we are very lucky here at Kirkwood High School. Uh, our, my principal, current principal, Dr. Mike Havener, uh, came to me six years ago and saw that we were having to turn away kids who wanted to join our program because of space. And it was basically out of field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. And he let me collaborate with some colleges in building this journalism facility. We have a 110-person seated lecture hall. That's our classroom. Uh, and then you go through the door and it opens up to a full-blown computer lab, uh, office, office space for advisors and top editors. We have collaboration space. We have a conference room for my leaders to meet. We have a broadcast room. We have a portrait studio. We have a kitchenette and restrooms. All I need is one of those bank teller machines that I never have to leave. They could just send my mail through the tube. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I, I still float into work every day. Let me grab a towel. I'm drooling. All right. This, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to find that video clip. I have it on a hard drive somewhere and I'm going to put it when, when I do the video of this one, uh, I'm going to put it in there just to say, look at this, <laughs> look at this. And, and I'd like to, and, and I don't say all those things to showboat or show off. I, I love sharing what we have because I think every journalism program deserves this and needs this. And, and I've had, I've hosted schools several times just coming to look at the space and I've seen them get it because they asked for it. So I, I encourage everyone to ask for it. Well, let's back up a little bit. Let, for folks who don't know you, tell us something about yourself. You know, what do you teach? How long have you been doing this and so on? Sure. I'm currently in my 26th year uh, advising media at Kirkwood High School. I do, I advise the Pioneer Yearbook, the Kirkwood Call News Magazine, the KirkwoodCall.com website, uh, Pioneer Yearbook website. And then I always say I advise a third medium and that's all the social media right now. Uh, we're active on five different platforms, and that's a job in and of itself. So pretty lucky I get to do journalism all day. And my day, it's like a big uh, convergence media lab where kids are in here just in and out all day working and collaborating and just covering news. It's uh, pretty amazing. So in other words, you've been at this for a long time. You didn't. It's not like you've been advisor for five years and you found a gold mine. Right. right. It, definitely a process. Yeah, you've clearly established your your program and your effort over a long period of time. Yeah, and that's what it takes. Uh, you don't just go from zero to 100 in a year. It's definitely a process. And it probably, I, I think it takes at least three years to establish a culture of your own. And then after that, you can start building the products. But you got to start focusing on people and culture and and that, and that takes a little bit, but once that gets going, then you can start concentrating on the media. Now, to be fair, how big is your school? In other words, how many seniors are there this year? How many kids in a class? So Kirkwood High School's about 1,800 students. So senior class, a little over 400. Um, I'm pretty lucky. I have two hours of news magazine and online. My staff there's 70. And then I have three hours of yearbook and my staff on yearbook is 85. Ooh, that's a lot of kids. Okay. That scares a lot of advisors. <laughs> yeah. I, well, but then if they see that facility, they're like, okay, <laughs> there it is. Bang. All right. Now here's a favorite question that I'm asking everybody. Uh, we've been in this insane situation for over a year and a half now. 
What's COVID like where you live? It's funny, when I talk to different people from different places, it's sort of treated differently. What's it like where you are right now? Um, school, we're back to our normal school schedule. We are required to wear masks in, indoors. I have my office shut, so that's why I took it off here. Um, eating is the big hang up here at our school. Uh, to eat, if you're eating indoors, you have to sit behind a plastic shield. Uh, and there's no, no eating allowed in classes during the regular school day. Um, so that's really the biggest change is really masks are worn indoors and eating's a little different. Um, seems like kids are getting vaccinated more and more. Um, hopeful for a change after the new year, but not, not banking on it. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. But things are trending nicely after a, a tough last year. Well, that's very interesting. All right. Um, I was at a school. First, let's mention we're recording this in mid-October. I was yeah. at a school last week and we were walking past the cafeteria. And what you just said, what you just described, I saw in this cafeteria. They have their tables with all of these plexiglass little yep. cubicles and I remarked, I said, who made those? And they said something, our shop classes made those and, and put them in the cafeteria. Mitch, I don't know if I'd want to eat in a cafeteria like that because it feels like you're in this little cubicle and there's my yeah. friend and you know I can't get to them because there's this thing in between us. That, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, and, and most kids right now, because it's still fall, I'd say 75, 80% of the kids are eating outdoors. They just find space outside and eat. But uh, it's going to be different and challenging here in the next few weeks as it gets colder. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. So kids can go outside and eat? Yes. Okay. I, I don't see that too often. Maybe there are schools out there that do that, but I don't see that very often. That's a good thing. Yeah, we have a pretty uh, open campus as far as uh, our administration trusts the kids, allowing them to kind of spread out and be independent. Okay. Now, you and I, I know, are very much into journalism, student journalism. And I'm just curious, in this last year and a half, have you discovered, I don't know, any innovations? Is your group somehow doing things differently than they would have done if this virus had never showed up? I've encountered a couple instances where, yeah, we do it this way now and it works great, you know, that sort of thing. Either for your yearbook, newspaper, whatever, have you come up with any new ideas that developed because of this situation that we're in? Um, I, I don't know if they're new ideas, but it really reinforced some of the things that hold our program together. One being our communication channel. Uh, we use Slack. Uh, and I probably received the largest compliment um, two springs ago when COVID hit in March 2020. At the end of the year, most of the kids said, it's like we never missed a beat because of Slack. Uh, and given we weren't at school for two and a half months, but our communication channel was crucial to, to get things done and be on the same page. Uh, the, the other thing I would say would be just a shift in mindset. So we still did the same things. We were covering news and things that was going on, but instead of covering things that were canceled, we covered things kids were doing. So it was simply a mindset. Instead of complaining and saying, well, no one's at school, no one's doing anything, we just decided to cover what was going on. So using the same skills and process we did while we were present at school, we did that same thing when we weren't at school. And then as we slowly creep back in in a hybrid format and then full time, kind of did what we always have done, uh, but we just did it in a different mindset. Now, that's interesting. I'm going to assume at some point we're going to get out of this. I don't know when, next summer, uh, who knows? I don't know, but I, I'm going to think positively. That change that you talked about now, it's more just about covering things that happen, think covering kids. I'm assuming that's going to stick. I mean, you're not going to like revert somehow when things go quote, quote, unquote, normal again to, to whatever you used to do before. It sounds like that one's going to stick. Yes. Yes, correct. And my philosophy always is, and I tell kids all the time, if kids are talking about it, we should be covering it. Uh, we have to find a way to, to, to connect and find a face 
to tell the stories that kids are interested in. So we have to be in tune with what they're doing. That was a little more challenging when we weren't in person, but uh, that's where social media really uh, played a huge part. Uh, following students on social media, they're telling you the stories that they're living of what they're doing and what they're thinking and what their interests are. So we really became social media kind of stalkers in a way. And I always tell in a humorous way that a journalist skill is to stalk, to be persistent, to follow, and to, to learn stories that kids are, kids are telling. And that's true. I mean, in the old days, you and I are old enough, you know, we did it with shoe leather. You know, that's how we stalk people with shoe leather. Like you got to go follow them. Now there's other ways. And I'm going to follow up with that, but I want to squeeze in one question here while, while I have it on my mind. Um, I do Twitter. I've seen you on Twitter. You had a post just last week. And again, we're doing this in mid-October. You had a post last week about AP courses. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? Yes. Um, And a, And I think you and I are in agreement on this one. First, briefly describe why did you make some kind of a comment about AP courses? Um, AP courses, testing in general, I'm a pretty staunch advocate against those types of things. I think they've become big business. Uh, I also think testing is not a skill that you'll use later in life. And that's why I love journalism so much. And I guess, you know, to back up just a little, Scott, that that's a huge reason why we didn't change much when the pandemic hit, because what we do is real. It's authentic. It's real time storytelling. It's needed. How else can you describe what's been going on in 10 years if you don't record it and put it in an annual or have it on a website? So so for me, during the lockdown and during this pandemic, kids are latching on to journalism because it's one of the real things in their lives that they're doing, where taking an AP test is not a real skill set or not a real thing. It's a avenue to get somewhere. Uh, they want to get to a popular school. Um, so, so I just kind of sometimes post about APs and testings and just say, I wish more academia was like journalism, more project-based, more collaboration, critical thinking, problem-solving, project management, because I really think those are the skills that kids need to develop, that employers want, and ultimately what colleges want. Mitch, we're in full agreement. I'm not a big AP course fan, because in my line of work, I've had too many situations over the years where I've heard from an advisor who has got some sharp kids and it comes down to a choice between your book and an AP course. And yeah. guess which one wins every time? The AP course does. For all the things that you just said a minute ago, I think kids would learn more from your book and a good journalism effort than they're going to learn from any AP course. Now, that's an opinion from Scott. All right. Not a I'm fan. with you. And, you know, we're doing this on Zoom, and I can see behind you there, I'm assuming you're a Duke Blue Devils fan, because I see this Huge big, giant, fan. A big flag right there. Right. But somewhere on my computer, I've got some comment from somebody at Duke with their admissions, essentially saying, you know what, those AP courses are not the number one thing we look at. We're looking at some of the things that you just described. What have you done in high school? What are some things you've achieved and put together? And I'm pretty sure it was from a person from Duke. And uh, I've got it saved on my computer somewhere. And I just wish I could share it out with every yearbook advisor out there to say, you want to hand this to people. Right. This AP course stuff. Now, somebody from AP is going to hear this and sue me or something. Oh, whatever. <laughs> just, just an opinion. So there we go. We'll get back to more with outstanding yearbook advisor Mitch Eden as we talk about covering people and news in your yearbook in just a moment. We're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts. And I tell you what, get ready to take notes because Mitch has some great ideas and insights that he's going to be sharing here in his next segment. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Yes, we are all storytellers. If you're a yearbooker, you're a storyteller. And yes, the yearbook, of course, is the number one item, but think about it, we could tell stories all year long in other ways. Social media, obviously, we've talked about. 
If your yearbook staff has its own outlet or more than one outlet, I think Mitch's group, they have five different outlets, which is amazing. All right, you can certainly tell stories literally every day that way. There are other ways to tell stories because it's my observation, a lot of schools, especially in the last year and a half, some schools out there really struggling. A lot of students are really struggling, including probably the majority of your school that I refer to as ghosts sometimes. They're invisible. They're there at school, but they're not active in much or maybe anything. They kind of float through their classes. And they have the idea, well, nobody here really cares about me. They care about the popular kids and the active kids, the ones we hear about all the time. What about the others? Now, you might be thinking, well, okay, there's only a limited amount of room in most yearbooks for stories, right? Of course, so many pages, and the pages are only so big. So what else can we do? Well, social media, of course, is one immediate idea. Here's another one. And you can tell me if this is a crazy idea. I don't think so. What about those video boards around school? Now, it's been my observation in virtually every school I go to, there's at least one video board somewhere. Could be in the cafeteria, could be in the main office, could be out in the main hallway. Maybe there are multiple video boards, like in different hallways and parts of the school. And I've noticed, and I'm giggling here a bit, uh, mostly what they do on there are the daily announcements which frankly, most students could care less and they walk right on by. They don't even pay attention to them. Imagine if your yearbook staff could change that up a little bit by doing some storytelling on the video boards. Now you might be thinking, well, how do we do that? It's actually really simple. You could tell somebody's story with a picture and a caption. That's it. It doesn't have to be something long-winded, just a picture and a caption. We already know that every student in school has some story to tell, multiple stories. And we know that they would love to have their stories told, to be recognized, to be seen as part of your group. Well, you could help to really, I think, raise school morale by telling those stories. And if you put them up on the video boards, People can see them every day as they're walking by. I can almost guarantee the picture and caption idea, if you somehow started to do that, folks will be walking by those boards. They're going to look up and like, oh, what's that? Oh, really? I didn't know that about him. They might even read the daily announcements there. All right, well, maybe not, but we'll see. And for Justin Schools, all right, with your book, Avenue, this is so easy to do. There's a new feature built into Layout Pro where you can easily save a page as a JPEG image, even a practice image page. So you can make a practice page, put pictures and captions on them, save the page as a JPEG image, and when you open that on any computer or device, a photo program, of course, opens it. And in most of those, they have some simple editing tools, including a cropping tool. So you open up the whole page, the image, you use the cropping tool to just save one part of the page, one picture and caption, save that as a separate image, maybe do that with several of them, get those separate images then to your IT person, maybe the school secretary, whoever handles the video boards, and you say, hey, you mind putting those up there on the boards? And I would hope the response would be, hey, this is pretty cool. These are stories about our students. Yes, we'll put them up on the boards. And then do that on a regular basis. Imagine doing something like that and people start walking around. They're going to notice that stuff on the boards. They might even say, hey, I'd like to get up on that board. Maybe I should tell them my stories. Then all of a sudden you're gathering more material from people who are interested in seeing it. Crazy idea? Give it some thought. Maybe talk to your Johnson's representative. Hey, where do I find that tool in Layout Pro to make a JPEG of a page? They can show you. Not a problem. Let's tell stories. That's the basis of this entire episode. All right, so we're going to talk more about covering people and covering news and student reactions to it. Let's get back to more with our friend Mitch Eden. All right, now let's talk more about our main topic for today, which again, I see very little of in books, and that is covering, let you know, getting student reactions to news and things happening around them. Now, you've been very kind. You've done a number of our Jostens J classes on Yearbook Avenue, which are all terrific. Uh, for any yearbook, uh, any Jostens advisors listening in, if you've never checked out the J classes, please do it. Digital Classroom, J Class, big giant link. Click it in there. Mitch, I'm, I'm off the top of your head, how many of those have you done? Like four or five? I think I've done four. Four, okay. The two that I've used recently, and I'm trying to do some live teaching when I get an opportunity, 
covering people and covering news. Now, first off, let, let's briefly, why did you do those two? In other words, why is this important? Um, well, covering people simply, I, I, we have a kind of a mantra in our, in our program. It's who will be the face of your story. Uh, you know, English class, you write about topics. Journalism is all about people. So instead of saying you're, you're assigned to homecoming or you're assigned to uh, covering science class, you're assigned that topic, but then your goal is to find a face to the story. So we're always covering people. So, so a strong emphasis on connection with our student body and our community so that uh, we're finding common experiences that we can share through the lens of a person. That way everyone feels connected. So that's the goal with people. Uh, with news, pretty much comes down to, we have to timestamp our year. And I'm talking yearbooks in particular. If we're not covering things outside of the norm, we know we're gonna have our sports, our academics, our clubs, uh, our student liar dances, uh, plays. We know that's the core of the book. That's you know 75%, but it's the other 25% that I think makes your book special. And to me, that's time stamping the year with news, with pop culture, with politics, entertainment, fashion, technology, and really all the things kids are talking about. Uh, I always say, you have a yearbook, and I, I always challenge my staff, how are you going to toast it, make it special? And, and I think you do that through that 25% of covering news. I tell you, I've been stealing from you, all right? That timestamp comment, which you use in the 1J class, mm -hmm. as I said, I've used that a number of times now. Guys, we are timestamping this year. In this case, it's 2022. This is the year which is going to be different from 2028 which was different from 2015. And I think when kids start to see it that way, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah. Then the wheels, I think, start to turn at least a little bit. Now, Mitch, I'm gonna bet I've got some either rookie advisors or you know, first year, second year advisors. They just heard what you said and thought, oh man, that sounds like a lot of work. Oh, I don't know if we can swing that. That just sounds like way too much work. How would you respond to that? I would say, you know, get your kids involved because to me that will excite them because it isn't the normal traditional coverage. Uh, and, and I would challenge them to come up with ways to present this in the book. It does not have to be a spread for every topic. You could place a timeline along the bottom of your portrait section or your reference or your index. You could create a special bonus bar on every other spread that chronicles this, this news development, this pop culture. So, so I would use it as a exciting brainstorming tool to make our book special. Like how, how can we incorporate these things that kids are talking about that matters to them and use it as a challenge to the staff to make their book really showcase this type of uh, content. Now, you've got a pretty sharp group, obviously, um, but do, do you encounter this? I've been, I've been at this for over two decades, and I've had this speech with kids ad nauseum that so many kids are thinking about this year, right now, 2021-22, right now. For some reason, I could be wrong, they can't think of the future. I think, <laughs> guys, 20, 30, 40 years from now, things are going to be different. And a lot of kids seem to have a hard time wrapping their brain around that. Like, okay, I'm not making the yearbook just for this year. I'm making it for 30 years from now. Do you have that problem? And if you do, how, how do you get around that? Yeah, that, you just described a pretty common problem. Uh, so I, I guess it's that's the advisor's job is to bring in that perspective, whether that's bringing in and showcasing old books from your high school's history uh, to talking about just what you've been through as your time as an advisor at the school, uh, maybe talking to getting senior perspectives to freshman perspectives, just to show that short time change growth and changes in four years, uh, whether that's taking doing a fun activity, taking them back to elementary, then middle school, and then high school. Uh, so, so I think doing things like that, that will kind of spur that creativity 
that, that has to be on the advisor to bring that into your program. And that is a challenge, but I think there's ways to do that. All right, now a big question here is maybe like how, okay? How do you figure out maybe what news stories or topics you want to cover in your yearbook or what people you want to cover? I mean, I'm assuming you don't flip a coin or something. How do you guys figure out the stuff you're going to cover? It's a great question. Uh, we start every Monday uh, class with what's going on. And we simply just talk about what kids are talking about. Uh, you know, it, it's not only events at school, like we cover the, the athletic events that are coming up the week, uh, the play that just happened over the weekend and what kids were talking about, the festival in Kirkwood, the Green Tree Festival. But then also on just two days ago, kid, or yesterday, kids were talking about the Kanye and Drake releases uh, that just came out music-wise. They were talking about the, uh, the, the latest buzz on Netflix, Ted Lasso on Apple TV. So the, right there we have music and movies. Uh, they were talking about the, um, the, po the political, the, the tax uh, debt, the, the abortion law in Texas. Um, and, and I know some of those topics scare advisors, but, but I think if you handle topics with care and responsibility, you can put facts into yearbooks. It doesn't necessarily have to be opinions on topics. It's just kind of chronicling what's going on. And we also take it in this perspective, what's going on at Kirkwood High School, what's going on in the city of Kirkwood, in the state of Missouri, in the United States and around the world. So if you can kind of take it every week in that kind of process, you start to develop ideas. And then it's just how will we implement and record these ideas? Is it in a timeline? Is it in a monthly spread that we can just kind of do a smattering of events? And I think the key is doing a variety. You don't wanna be all hard news. You don't wanna be all fluff feature stuff. I think it's a, a mixture and your goal is to provide something of interest to every one of your readers. And I think by talking about it each week and coming up with a plan of implementation, I think you can do that. All right, now I have to ask this question. Now, in your J classes, you've shown some examples of some of your pages and, and books and so on, all right? Mm -hmm. And you've covered some, if you will, tough subjects. Yep. Have you ever gotten pushback from administration? Like, oh, we don't want to cover that. Oh, we don't want that in the book. Or, oh, how are you going to cover that? And they, they pepper you with questions and so on. You know, I hear about this. Sometimes it makes the news, frankly. Uh, right. This yearbook wants to cover this event, and administration does want you to do that. Have you ever hit that situation? And if so, you know, what do you do? So, so that's a great question. And I actually do a J class called Covering Sensitive Topics. So, um, Luckily at Kirkwood, we're a First Amendment school. My principal has never prior reviewed or censored any of our content because he trusts us. He trusts me and I trust my kids. Uh, but here's what we do. I have very thoughtful conversations with my top editors when they want to cover a topic of maybe a controversial nature. The first thing they do is they go down and have a conversation with our principal. And they say, Dr. Havener, this is what we want to cover and why, and this is how we're gonna do it. Most administrators just get scared and think the worst. But once a, a group of editors explain why and how, typically it's very reasonable and logical. It, it's just covering something kids are talking about and interested in, in a very factual way for then kids to decide what they think about it. Uh, we're not in the business of putting our opinions in our book. We're in the business of stating what is going on, allowing others to formulate an opinion. We really think by putting more information out there, the better educated our students are, the more positive discussions we can have, and hopefully some progress <laughs> that we continue to listen to each other, understand each other, and become a little more tolerant of everyone's ideas, opinions, and feelings on particular topics, but those are tough topics. Uh, and I think handled with care, you can cover them, but I think a key is just having a open relationship with your administration. 
building trust and trust takes time. It, you know, I, I would never advise a school who's never covered anything controversial to just jump right in and do it all. It takes time and you have to show that you can produce responsible, good journalism before the administration will be on board with that. So it takes baby steps, it's a partnership, but I think it's well worth it. All right, I'm just curious, have you ever, you've been at this a long time, have you ever had a situation where an editor, like a kid or kids, essentially want to misuse this responsibility? Because I could see this question coming up. Well, if you got some wiseacre kid that wants to do things that whew, maybe that's not a good, have you ever had that situation? No. <laughs> Again, I'm pretty lucky, but I think that speaks to the culture uh, of our media program that I've never had an editor maliciously uh, try to do something. Now, I've had editors who've made mistakes before, uh, and I can tolerate that because it wasn't malicious or intentional. A mistake was made. We make mistakes, then we try to learn from them, make them better, and we own up to them. But, but luckily, I've never had a student try to undermine our program or our culture by doing something like that. So in other words, give the kids some credit. Yes. yes. Uh, kids, if you tell your kids that you believe in them and trust, trust them, nothing is more powerful. Uh, and, and kids rise to expectations. And yearbook, Newsmax, online, it's the one place in school where they get to do it and they have the power to do it and it's a pretty magical place the advisor is there to support play devil's advocate uh, and really push them to question everything but ultimately to guide them to doing good journalism We'll return to our final segment with outstanding advisor Mitch Eden talking about covering people and news in your yearbook this year coming up in just a moment. Get ready. We're going to hear about the weird kid. All right. Now that ought to pique your interest. Get ready to hear about the weird kid and some other unique news angles that Mitch is going to talk about and describe for us coming up in this last segment. Also some great advice for especially rookie advisors. So stay tuned for that coming up in just a moment. Now again, we're talking about stories. In my last so-called commercial break, I talked about the crazy photo board idea where you could save a picture and a caption as an image, display them on video boards around your school. I think that would be really cool. Now, you might be thinking, all right, they're up on the video boards and they disappear. Boy, all that work we put in, be nice if we could use it somehow. There is a way. There is the new Jostens Yearbook Plus digital tool. Now, for Jostens advisors, if somehow you still haven't heard about this, absolutely positively stop everything you're doing and either call or drop your Jostens representative a line and say, what's this Yearbook Plus thing? And if you're not a Jostens advisor, do the same thing. All right. What is this? What's this thing? Yearbook Plus is a unique, amazing tool where you can link extra digital images to pages of your book. Now, you as the yearbook staff, what you can do, uh, you make out your pages like the football spread, let's say, all right? You make the football spread, but you have all of these extra football pictures that you just didn't have any room for on your pages. It's just not big enough. Well, instead of tossing them, what if we digitally linked them to the page? So that when the yearbook eventually comes out, people have their smartphones handy. They scan your special code that we put in the book for you to kind of start the magic. And then they go to the football spread, snap the appropriate image, and boom, all those extra football images come popping up on their phone or iPad or similar type device. And remember those video board images I talked about, pictures, captions, where you can actually do some reading? Well, that's an image. That's a unique, creative way to use Yearbook Plus, but it would work tremendously. So all of those extra picture and caption stories that you would tell during the school year, you could use Yearbook Plus to link them to some certain page of the book. And that way, when the book comes out again, folks will have their phones handy. They'll snap that image. There's all your pictures and captions to be remembered, not just right now, 
five years from now, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, whatever devices we have at that particular point, we're going to have the web. We're going to have the internet at that point. I'm confident of that, which means that Yearbook Plus will work years into the future, not an app, don't need anything special, whatever device you have on hand. And with Yearbook Plus, individual students could also have the opportunity to tell their own story with their own pictures, up to 10 of them, always moderated for safety. The Yearbook Advisor always gets a special website to keep track of everything. They are in full control at all times. And yes, this is free. Talk about added value to your yearbook. 21st century added value to your yearbook. The chance to tell loads more stories with whatever book you currently have by using Yearbook Plus. It's that easy. Hopefully I've interested you now. All right, this is an amazing tool that every yearbook staff, I'm talking elementary school up to college, needs to be using. Want some more information? Don't wait. Contact your Johnson's representative. They are ready to talk to you about the amazing Yearbook Plus. Now, what's this about the weird kid? Well, let's find out with our friend Mitch Eden. Now, covering people. All right. Now, you mentioned earlier you have 1,800 students at your school. Now, from where I live, that's a big school. All right. Most of my schools are smaller or way smaller than that. Um, do I assume you don't do 1,800 stories a year, or do you somehow? No, <laughs> impossible to do 1,800. We Our goal is to get every kid in the yearbook three times, and after every news magazine comes out, we do a kind of a coverage check to see who we're putting in our magazine and on our website, uh, but, but it, it would be impossible to tell that many stories. All right, so then the follow-up is, and I've, had, I've heard this from advisors some, a few times over the years. Okay, how do we pick and choose what kids we want to cover with stories because somehow they feel that, well, we're sort of favoring these kids here as opposed to these kids over here. I don't know, has that ever come up? Like, how do you choose what students to cover in the book? Well, I, I think in our program, we have a philosophy that everyone has a story and it's our job to tell the stories. Some of the stories are easy to see, they're on the surface, and others are difficult to find. We have to dig. But we have a responsibility and an obligation to tell these stories. We especially have the obligation and responsibility to tell the stories that need to be told. Um, I was at a JEA national convention years ago, I think it was 2009 in Anaheim, and Bill Plaschke, Pulitzer Prize winning columnist of the LA Times, gave a speech to the group. And I tell this to my kids every year. He, he called the speech miracles. And he said, student journalism, high school scholastic journalism, you guys are miracles because of the power you have. And he used the example of the weird kid. So I, I would challenge each staff to picture the weird kid at your school. A journalism student has the ability to find the weird kid, sit next to the weird kid, listen to the weird kid, and then tell the weird kid's story. And then suddenly, the weird kid's not so weird. We all understand. We're all a little more tolerant. We're all a little more connected. That's the power of student journalism. We have the responsibility to connect, to care, and to tell these stories. And it's not about picking people. It's about finding stories and sharing. And that's really a gift. So, so that's kind of our mindset. So we don't go out with the intent of finding specific people. We're just being curious every day. And if you cultivate that mindset of being curious every day and really caring for everyone every day, it can be a special thing because lots of stories end up uh, you know, falling in your lap and you have the, the ability to tell them. I love that analogy, the weird kid. Heck, that might have been me. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. It's all of us. We're all weird. Yes. Okay. We're all okay. Let's we'll 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 go with the big umbrella. We're all, <laughs> all right. Um, Mitch, whenever I get a chance to, you know, work directly with kids, I always try to simplify. And when I talk about news, I kind of break it down to hard news and soft news. And I've been involved with journalism since I was in high school, 40 years actually, print, radio, TV, some stuff. Hard news, soft news. Hard news right now would be wearing masks, 
It seems like everybody's arguing about wearing masks. Soft news is a little more interesting. Now, give me the backstory on this one, because you include this in your one J-Class video. The 39 Alexes, all right? And you're talking about this. I'm like, holy mackerel. They're, okay, maybe it's not 39, but I bet every school has this. Give us the backstory on the 39 Alexes. Yeah, and I apologize because I don't remember which book that was from, maybe Texas Round Rock, but, but I loved it. I loved it because it was a story that we could all tell and we could all steal ideas from it. So, so this yearbook staff uh, covered a spread on the name Alex. There were 39 students in the school named Alex. So they just profiled, mini profiled all 39 Alexes and told a little bit about them. But you can take that same concept of names, and we did this last year. We did in our senior section, what's the story behind your name? Everyone has a story of what they were named and why. You could do stories on the longest name in your school, the shortest name in your school. You could do variations of spelling of the name Lori. Um, so, so just the idea of names, you could brainstorm probably 10 or 15 different angles and I think that was a great illustration of kind of that, that common thing that everyone can attach to, but then you can include anyone in the book to tell that story. And I always tell my kids on those spreads like that, don't go hunt out the varsity quarterback or the student council president. Get the anyone kid to, to get them in the book in those instances, because that's an anyone story. Now, by the way, folks, if you're wondering, 39 Alexes, all right, this is Alex, Alexander, Alexa, <laughs> Alexandra, Alexis, Alexandra. In other words, Alex is in there somewhere. Right. Although I'll be honest, I thought it was your school. This is a school in Texas. Yes. Okay. All right. I just love the idea. No, it's a great idea. Well, some of the ones, you know, long names, short names. I, I love that. That's great. There are so many soft, I, I, feel, I call them soft news stories out there that are deserving of coverage in the yes. book. Now, I mean, do you come up with this? Do your kids come up with this? Where does this stuff come from? My kids come up with this. We just brainstorm and I, I throw out ideas every once in a while, but they're really the drivers of these soft feature stories. And again, these are those student life spreads, those showstopper spreads that really showcase your book and really help tell the, the unique story of the year. These are the spreads that I think get kids excited. They're the ones they stop on because otherwise uh, in your book on the first glance, you're going to the, the kids are going to the spreads they're connected with, whether they're in a sport or a club. These are the spreads everyone can digest. Everyone has a, a take or an opinion on and everyone has an experience. I challenge every staff, find those common experiences and then find a face or faces to help share that story and tell that story. And find the weird kid. All right. Yes. <laughs> and everybody hold up your hand. I'm the weird kid. There we go. All right. Last question, Mitch. And it's my favorite wrap up question whenever I have a chance, especially to talk to yearbook advisors like yourself. Um, I don't know the national numbers, but I wouldn't be surprised if in the last two years, we have a record number of rookie advisors, brand new, either last year for 21, this year for 22. And considering how we're still struggling in many ways, this will probably continue next year into 23. A lot of veteran advisors, I think, have just said, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Adios. Somebody else take over. So I'm going to assume, Mitch, we've got a good number of advisors listening who are new. I mean, literally new, maybe just weeks into this thing now or a year into this thing. What's some advice that you would give them, maybe if in a normal effort for your book, but especially with what we're still dealing with right now, what's some advice that you would give to new folks? And I do agree, Scott. I think that there's never been a larger turnover um, we need to find ways to support these advisors. So uh, a few few tips. One is, you know, be sure your book is different than any other class you teach. That's what makes it special. So it, it's not about a seating chart and a syllabus and rules. It's pretty chaotic. 
embrace the chaos, love your kids. Uh, if you're a new advisor, build relationships, establish a culture, prioritize people over product. Once you do that, the product will take care of itself. And it is a process, so give yourself some grace. Uh, allow some time for things to grow and to build, but stick with it because, because your book is different and it is special, kids will gravitate toward that community and culture. It's a break in their day. Your book isn't hard. Your book is time. So, so it's a break from the traditional rigor of a, of a high school uh, school day. And it really is. So if you embrace and make it different and really focus on your kids, I think that's a great first step. Uh, the second tip would be find your community, whether that's in your area, whether that's through a listserv, whether that's through a Facebook yearbook support group. You're on an island at your school and it's tough. Advising your book is tough, but there are people out there who are waiting to help, to mentor, to share, and it's at your fingertips. So leaning on your rep, your, your neighbors, uh, whether that's across the street or across the country, I think that's important to know that you're not alone and there's help and support out there. Thank you for mentioning the rep. All right. Uh, we representatives, we always want to help. And sometimes it's, we feel almost like strangers, like, come on, if something's going on, we want to be part of the team, you know, let, let us, you know, get in there. So I appreciate you adding that because uh, that, that's mm -hmm. something that's very much appreciated. So Mitch, I tell you what, this is a great conversation, tons of great advice. I hope folks really take this to heart and I appreciate you taking time out of the middle of a school day here as we're talking. And, uh, and thank you again for joining me today. Scott, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I think what you uh, cover and what you, you uh, the topics you decide on are very important and I think they're very helpful. So thanks for having me. Oh, shucks. I'm having a goofy moment. All right. Oh, shucks. No, thanks again. I appreciate it. Take care. A big thank you again to our friend Mitch Eden, who again is one of the top yearbook advisors in America. I mean, I've seen the trophy case in his school. I mean, it extends and it extends and it extends. It's amazing what they've done at Kirkwood, Missouri. Just tremendous stuff. And Mitch just shared just great advice, uh, great wisdom on telling stories in the yearbook, letting students, you know, share their feelings and thoughts on this subject or this one and this one. Yeah, maybe a controversial one every now and then because students have feelings about those things. And covering people and the personalities and the features of your school, that is the stuff that people really wanna read in your yearbook every year. So I hope you took a lot of notes and got some great advice because Mitch is, he's A number one. And I'm so glad he was able to find some time during a school day, by the way, again, to uh, join us. That was pretty cool. So folks, we appreciate your time. Hope you got some good stuff out of this. And thank you for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast. Oh,